Okay, Patrick, a uh, brand new episode for us, of course. Hey, and aren't we, are we less than a month away from your daughter's wedding? We are. We are 20... Oh, wow. 24 days. Are Gabby and Kristen so excited? I mean, I loved putting on my wedding. It was so much fun. It was a blast. Yeah, I, they are. Um, yesterday, they had the... Uh, the last venue walkthrough. Uh, so all the vendors, you know, went to the venue and they met with the uh, manager of the venue and uh, did the full, you know, rundown. The rain plan is is in effect. Okay. Not in effect. Oh. It's planned. Plan, you know, hopefully we don't need that. Uh, you know, I'm going to have uh, all our meteorologists on standby uh, giving me pinpoint yeah, because you know what's going to happen, right? It's going to be, you know, one of those sunny days, you know, and 70 degrees or 75 degrees, and it's chance of late afternoon thunderstorms. You just know it, right? And then yep. you're like, okay, do we leave the stuff outside? Do we keep the ceremony outside? Because part of the cocktail party is outside. The gazebo is going to be a bar. Oh. All this stuff. And it's like, do you scrap all that? to make sure it's inside because you don't want to you know, be in a torrential, even if it's a 10 minute downpour, you know, running inside. But at the same time, you certainly don't want to be, you know, given up on the outdoor portion, you know, and then you're standing inside and uh, it's beautiful. Out. So I will be getting, you know, a, a block by block uh, pinpoint. Am I allowed to do that? Am I allowed to ask for that? I mean, I think so. Why not? You know, no, I mean, I'm, I'm kidding. Yeah, <laughs> damn straight. I, I am. would. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I was going to say. As long I as I, yeah. Uh, hope, hopefully, I don't want to be paid for it. I actually. cannot wait to get the recap of this wedding. And and by the way, have you been given any rules? Is there anything that the father of the bride cannot do, or or is it like you know whatever you want? Or have what you is, been? What do you mean? Like, well, have you been? I don't want, I don't want to, to get be... arrested that night or anything. Like. <laughs> No, no, yeah, so there are what? a few rules, a few rules. Uh, speech cannot be more than five minutes. Okay, that's a good one. Okay. That was a good rule. Uh, I'm the only one speaking that night. So Wow. Yeah, so I don't want to give too much away, but she's actually having the, 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 the maid of honor and the best man. They're actually going to speak at the rehearsal dinner the night before. Okay. I like it. She's smart. Because, you know, people only have a short attention span. Yeah, short attention span. You don't want to go speech, 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 speech. You're missing part of the wedding. You know, no big introductions. Like, it's going to be her and Zach come in and boom, we're we're getting into this thing. Yeah, right? that's what people want. They uh, want their I mean, listen, You spend all this and, money and, yeah. you know, it's about them. And um, you want to, you want to, you want more time to eat and party and because the night's going to fly by. The day's going to fly. I, I will say, though, having, you know, I, you know listen, I went through, I've gone through it from, oh, what do you think about that? I've been involved, but not in terms of like decisions, decisions, but just, you know, obviously what's going on. This is what it looks like. Da, da, da. We have a wedding planner. And by the way, best investment of all time, have a wedding planner. Yeah, it's true. Because for the most part, it's for, for the bride, my wife, and others involved, it's relatively stress-free. Like you just, cause you know, things are going to be taken care of. Yeah. 
Okay, it gets down to, okay, you know, are we picking this appetizer versus this appetizer? Are you going to have this versus this? And, and, and Gabby and Kristen are very good at the, very, very good at the, you know, the, the decorate, you know, just understanding, you know, what, what they want. But anyway, best investment ever. Uh, so, you know, people say, you know, you spend all this money for one day. Well, it's not really. Like now having gone through it, you know, up toward the end, and you've obviously been through it. It's part of the process. Like it's it's doing the tastings. It's picking up the flower. It's picking the dress. You know, sent, getting the gifts ready for the wedding party and the the welcome baskets. And there's it, it's all like you can't just say it's one day because it's really not. It's all of that. You need to enjoy it, right? You oh, need to yeah. have fun with it. And the Instagram posts where you know we're twenty eight days away, we're twenty one days away. Da, 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 da. It, yeah. It, it's not about, obviously that's the main thing, but it's also about enjoying the whole thing. So it's, it's interesting now having gone through it, that if you do it right and you enjoy that, you got to enjoy that part of it. It's so much, look, I say, and everybody in my family still talks about it. Like it was worth every penny to plan the wedding, like to have it. It was great. I mean, people are going to have a ball. You guys are a fun family. So I'm sure the wedding will be fun. People will talk about it for years. I am having security though. Just in case, you know. You are? Or we'll, we'll quickly take out people if they get rowdy. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I was going to say, well, you're the one that would probably be rowdy. I mean, <laughs> they could. <So>, no, <laughs> I, I think in terms of the other rules, just don't get drunk too much and make a fool of myself, right? You know. <laughs> you got to wait till later don't in the night. Trip, don't trip walking her down. Um, <laughs> you know, don't. You know, don't embarrass myself, I guess, really. Is you the, won't. The goal, right? I can't wait. And try to, to stay pictures. awake. Try to stay awake. What? You guys the are last like time greeters, been, I feel like. Uh, the last time, we're better day, mid to late afternoon, happy hour drinkers. The last time I think I stayed up to one, two o'clock in the morning, it's been quite a while. Oh, well, you'll rally. You'll have such a good time. It'll be so I'm going to have so to awesome. prepare to stay up late. All right. Well, I can't wait. Um, okay. Back to the podcast. Tons yeah, of sorry. Your main, your main, your main uh, internet's not the best. What? It's not. Am I going in and out? Can you hear me? Oh, what? You are a little bit. Okay. My back. Am yeah, I back? That's all right. You're frozen on my end. God. Is it back now? Sort of. No. There you are. I see you now. Okay. All um, right. You know, hey, listen, techno, techno, you know, we don't All have right. 5G here anyway. <laughs> um, yeah. Okay. By the way, you are in Maine. Um, you know, obviously you, you are not there on vacation. Um, you know, you, I think you've told most people now you, you, you went up because your mom had uh, some procedure or something that uh, she had to get taken care of. I mean, do you want to touch on it yeah, real quick? Yeah, of course. Well, she had kidney cancer. It, she had a tumor in her kidney that was kidney cancer they found out through a, a, a biopsy and an MRI and all those things and so last Thursday she had surgery to remove the kidney get the tumor out thankfully thankfully it all went really well and her prognosis is good um they basically have said like she won't have to do chemo and radiation again she had breast cancer seven years ago so my fear was like oh my god is this metastatic like what's you know what's happening but thankfully you know so far due to all the blood work and we're waiting on pathology reports but it is not that it just seems to be a bad streak of luck that she's had cancer twice so yeah i mean i i just i hated to even like write 
fight it. I think, you know, we've all had the cancer word in our family. It's just like, oh, when you hear that, it's so much. Um, but thankfully, the prognosis is good. So I felt like this week I could say that and she's doing well. So thank you for asking. Right. No, that's awesome. Yeah. That's, that's good news. I mean, yes. obviously. And, yeah. All things considered, it's like the best news of all. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. Definitely. And um, she could live with one kidney and all good. All good. And how old is she, you said? 74. 74. But I've told her she has to make it to 80 in relatively good health. Then after that, she can die. But she's got to go to yeah, 80. And, it may, and then maybe once she gets yeah, you know, she in the hospital, she's back out. Of no, the she's home. She's like, she's back home. She's doing well, great. Yeah. She's home. Yep. Well, one thing, one thing you need to do now that she's out of hospital is up, get better internet in Maine because you keep breaking up. Oh, my God. Okay. So keep coming in and out. Okay. Well, we'll try this. And then if it breaks up again, I'll, I'll use my, um, my cell phone and I'll try that internet. See if that internet works nah, better. Nah, we'll be okay. All we'll right. We'll be okay. Okay. Like listen, people understand tech technical difficulties. Hopefully they do. Okay, because we're having them apparently. <laughs> All right. Where do you want to start? I, I feel like maybe we should talk Elon Musk because people seem to be I losing think we their mind. Start with Elon and Twitter, right? Yeah. Well, I, I want to know your thoughts. A lot of celebrities making big announcements. They're leaving Twitter. Um, oh, please. And you know, yeah. What do you think? It's ridiculous. Like, who cares who? Number one, you know, acting like, oh, a billionaire bought Twitter. Well, a billionaire owned Twitter. Yeah, he created it, but he also was a billionaire. A billionaire owns Facebook. Yes, he created it. Uh, you know, number one. Number two, you know, the, the, the hypocrisy in terms of you know, somebody wanting free speech and then them thinking that means no controls. It's ridiculous. Um, you know, listen, Twitter, Twitter's not a fun place right now. It's just not. I mean, it's, it's a necessity for, for many uh, in terms of communicating, gathering their news, business reasons, uh, having access to information quickly uh timely um and and frankly what it should be is being able to rationally look at varying opinions right and as an adult make decisions you know what you believe do some more research first of all this theory that so-called misinformation which by the way i think is you know it's a marketing ploy to, to some degree um you know Let's give people a little bit more credit than, oh, my God, they just see so-called misinformation. They're going to react to it, number one. Number two, um, I've said this before. It's disingenuous for someone to make the argument that because Twitter is a private company, they have a right in general to ban people or to deplatform people for opinions that they may not agree with or they feel are not in the so-called mainstream. Now, yes, legally they have a right, but they've become the communication highway. Your choice, right? So um, anyway, that's that's my um, that's my take on it. Okay, so I all right, you briefly broke up for a second at the end. Tell me again. So your oh. your take is basically that people are losing their minds 
over this. Yeah, like, without I think it's, it's even... fake outrage. It's either fake outrage or misplaced outrage. Okay, but, what's, but what's your, th- I mean, people are very concerned. I think the biggest concern, bringing Trump back. I mean, that really, isn't no, that like. The- okay, who cares if Trump comes back? Well, you don't Who cares? That, you don't think that the world has been like a better place that since he's not on Twitter? I mean, it's kind of that's, been But like- that's not the point of Twitter. What do you mean it's been a better place? <laughs> okay. Well, I think first how do you, of all, how do you know by how do you know by Trump being on Twitter he won't continue to make a complete ass out of himself, and he maybe even more people would not be in his camp anymore, right? So you don't know that because clearly. He well, made an ass out of himself a lot of times on Twitter. I think right? not having him on social media has diminished his power, don't you? I mean, I I don't think he's nearly as influential. I don't know. I don't know. But but that but he, here's the thing. Jack Dorsey himself has come out and said banning Donald Trump was a mistake. Okay. He's also said when the Hunter Biden laptop story came out, Twitter shut down that story on Twitter. You couldn't post it. You can't share it. He's come out and said, obviously that was a mistake because guess what? The story turned about to be true. Oh, people were, you couldn't, you couldn't tweet or, or uh, share stories early on or not even early on about saying that uh, if you're vaccinated, you can't transmit the virus. Well, we learned that's not true. Well, then people kind of got, you know, shut down or, or slowed down or put on pause, whatever they call it, saying cloth masks don't work or really. Well, now we know that. So like, who who's the arbiter of what misinformation is and what is on the right side, right? People have gotten banned. I've mentioned Megan Murphy on this many times for who's, by the way, a 100% feminist um, advocate who she disagrees with some of the uh, the trans uh, policies or not policies, but the, the position on trans women and what it means for biological women, how it impacts them. But yet she was banned deplatformed, whatever you want to call it. So to say that's a good environment, I'm sorry. Yeah, we're worried about the Nazi crazies. Yeah. Do, yeah, so know, how I, do you how do you regulate I, it? I get that. But to me, 99, hopefully, most people see through that. Uh, and to act as if somehow there's not disinformation on on, on the other political side, or by banning certain individuals, you're given like stop with that. Yes, there needs to be some controls. Free speech isn't always free, but um, but I just think the people saying they're going to leave Twitter are just they're looking for attention. They're absolutely looking hundred percent for attention. I mean, it's celebrities like Mia Farrow, um, oh, you know, please. the activist Sean King. But then he was back on Twitter. I guess he says that was like a, a whole thing. Jamila Jamil, the she's you know activist or whatever mick foley says he's leaving um okay. that's really about it i mean you know george takai there's been some other celebrities that basically say they're very concerned about him owning it um rob reiner as by well by the way i guarantee you nine out of ten of them drive a tesla 
I, well, and then that's yeah, By the way, I've seen I've seen tweets. Somebody I can't remember her name. She tweeted, "Well, man, forty billion dollars could have done a lot for climate change." Tesla and the creation of Tesla has probably done more for climate change than any single politician or potential maybe company in the United States, right? So that that's where like enough. Like seriously, do you know how much good Tesla does for the climate? And by the way, not only Tesla, because of Tesla, they yeah. forced all these other automakers to say. ramp up their EV production, ramp up their EV mileage, ramp up all. So Tesla, it's not just what Tesla's done. It's what they forced their competitors to do, right? How much, how much, how much improvement in terms of climate change has that done, right? So uh, like these people, like enough. It's like the award show. Shut up. No one cares what you sit, think. Because certainly no one cares what I think. Right, Sarah? <laughs> I know. No one cares what we think. Um, I mean, I think it's going to be very fascinating to see how Musk tries to, like what he does. Or is there no regulation? You know, is it like a 4chan? Since some of the things that have been floated are, you know, an edit button. Uh, yes. Auth- authentication to get the bots down. You know, there's people posting the fluctuation in the last couple of days. Somebody's up 20,000 down. So that's not because nothing's changed yet. So like the deal's not even done. So to, to say all of a sudden that, you know, that who knows why that's occurring. Um, so listen, I think, you know, maybe there's a paywall. You know, there's true blue out there. I think it's called a Twitter blue, whatever it's called. Uh, but maybe there's, you know, 99 cents a month. Would you stay on Twitter for 99 cents a month, Sarah? Mm, I, I would say of all the platforms I use Twitter the least because I do think it's just become more of a political news. Right. Um, and that's just not where my attention is for the but most how part. About right a, how about a Fox 5? Or how about a you know, Wall Street Journal? Like, yeah. If Fox 5 as a company had to make a decision at $99 a month. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure you would. Yeah, yeah. So who knows where he's going to take it? Let's see first. Then make a decision if you want to stay or go. Just like when somebody buys another restaurant, a company, a hotel chain, whatever. Like, yeah. take a deep breath. Let's see where this goes. Um, listen, he's still going to have to make money, right? He got a lot of investors involved. He t- He's taking it private. It throws off about $5 billion in net revenue right now. He has to maintain it, probably has to grow that based on the fact that now it's not a publicly traded company or it won't be. Which is probably a good thing, right? I mean, they. I think obviously what's fascinating too is to your point, like how many bots there are. Um, you know, Elon Musk has basically said like, of course, they, they trumped up all these numbers. The stock has not done well, um, I don't think ever. Maybe. Oh, no, and it- listen, Tesla, I think was down, you know, seven to 10% the other day, maybe concern about attention not being on tesla versus right but again let's see where all this goes um and um i know i'm 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 so curious and um of course you know dave portnoy was saying coming out and basically saying like look great it's about time because you know dave basically said a journalist someone can go on there and lob all kinds of accusations against you but if you go after them and yeah. and you know people argue so, dave is a bully so but- there, there's a reporter for uh, I think it's MSNBC, Ari Melber, okay. who was tweeted and clearly tone deaf, uh, tweeted 
that, you know, hey, you know, now when it's owned by one person, they can ratchet down or ratchet up depending on what political side they're on and really close out information or ratchet up information pre-election and none of us will even know about it. The irony in that was it's exactly what Twitter did on the Hunter Biden story, right? Exactly. So to say that may, may like, what, are you not paying attention at the, the deplatforming that it was, you know, I don't think people realize how much deplatforming, shutting down opinions, changing algorithms mm. was already going on, right? I mean, a, a thing came out the other day, 98.7% of all political contributions from Twitter went to Democrats, Okay. Like the people behind the scenes at Twitter, they're not moderates. They're not conservatives for the most part. They're certainly not Republicans, right? They're probably more leaning left, maybe even progressive, way left of the political spectrum. To not think that they're, you know, bias entered into who and what information was deplatformed. I think it's completely disingenuous. Completely. I, mean, I do think, and don't you think in general, I mean, Twitter in the past couple of years has been completely left-leaning. You know, I mean, you, it is, don't you think? I mean, it's harder. I, I do think. Well, kind of- and I've said this before. So let me, let me step back. I think positions that right-wing crazies take are much more in your face, you know, and easier to deplatform, right? Whether it's you know, you know, Nazi sympathy, you know, supporting not. And again, I'm not I, just just like the the. How, how can I say this? I right wing positions, like you know, they're wrong, right? You know, they're in your face, like you know, whether it's white supremacy, yeah, whether the KKK, it's KKK, Nazis, yeah, right, right. Um, you, you know, know uh, uh, bashing gay rights. I mean, just you know, all, yeah. like straight, you know, the the, the so called crazier positions or more radical positions, I should say, on the left are more nuanced. They're you know, it's harder to see them happening, but to shut down debate on certain issues or try to silence debate on certain issues is more, in my opinion, a left-leaning tactic, right? Going all the way back to shutting down speeches on college campuses, shouting so you know people can't have a panel discussion, which just happened, I believe it was Harvard or Yale, what happened in Berkeley years ago to Condoleezza Rice going back way before Trump. Um, so, you know, to think it's not going on on both sides is, is I think, again, completely disingenuous. I, I just, I, it's so interesting to watch this unfold and see where he goes with it because this is such a big shakeup. You well, know, I step, mean, you know, you know, it's really, it's yeah, really good. Put put the politics aside of it for a second. How awesome is it that a person? I think it's amazing. Has made enough wealth. And people, a lot of people will disagree with this. To say, you know what? I'm going to overpay for this company by 20% because I don't like the way it's going. <laughs> yeah, it's I'm going to spend $44 billion 
on something because I don't like the way it's going. And by the way, this is the guy who created PayPal, Tesla, and SpaceX, right? You know, let, let's see what he does with it. Maybe it becomes no, there's how many people out there right now, pre Elon Musk, would say Twitter was a good tool, great environment, great social media product? How many people? Mm, probably five percent. Yeah, right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. I don't so, think so it has. Why a are we favorable... all going? Why are you all going crazy? Uh, like no one liked Twitter. That that's what's that's what's interesting to me, and you know, in terms of a case study, why are you all going nuts? No one loved it. Look, I'm I'm all I was for the sale. I think it's great. I think I think I think it has become pretty obvious in the past couple of years that it is. I mean, to your point, did anybody say anything when Bezos bought the Washington Post? Um, I think people probably did have. I mean, not to this degree. And by the way, he took a shot at. uh, So I don't know if you saw his tweet. He took a shot at Elon about China's influence because obviously a lot of the Tesla products are. Uh, made in China, and he's, you know, and Bezos took some shot that China is going to have influence on our social media thing because obviously Twitter is banned in China. But he kind of he pulled back on it and said Elon's a great businessman, and he you know kind of tried to soft pedal back a little bit. Well, I mean, and I, I mean, don't we feel like Amazon? I mean, so many things I'm sure from Amazon are connected to China. I mean. Oh, right. I mean, China's so, so integrated in our in so many things in our billionaires. Yeah. Own shit. <laughs> I, I, you know, I like Elon. I, I think I I think Elon is a, an innovator for sure. And um, anytime you let's, do something, let's see what he does yeah. and then you make a decision. Absolutely. All right. Uh, let's talk crime. There's yes. you and I both watched uh, the 60 minutes. There was a really great interview with FBI chief with the FBI chief. there, basically addressing a 59 percent jump in police officer murders across the country. I-, I loved this interview because it's like no one talks about this. You know, yes. I- I- did anybody know that this was happening? No. And um, in this kind of, you know, again, we've, we've talked extensively. The whole defund the police movement really isn't a movement anymore because people from all backgrounds really don't want that, aren't in favor of it. In fact, you even have Biden saying, you know, refund the police. Yeah. So that's but it was fascinating. But I, but I'm, I'm going to disagree with that a little bit in a second. But go ahead. OK, well, uh, 73 officers killed in 2021, 59 percent increase. That was on the 60 Minutes interview with Christopher Ray, who, um, you know, basically just was talking about the huge increase in crime across this country, which, of course, stems a lot from guns and illegal gun use. But what's your take? I mean, we are we're seeing it in D.C. And I mean, God, you guys just so, had that. So I, I think there's a lot here. Yeah. To unpack. Again, these are you know my opinion. I think. Did anyone truly defund the police? Probably not. Maybe one city. I think Minneapolis cut some significant budget initially, and now they're putting it back. The problem with the defund the police message was that it was it was discussed, embraced, or not shot down. Poor choice words. I don't mean shot down. Sure. Was not was not you know um, you know countered. By many on the that by, by many Democrats, even moderate Democrats, for a while, it, it it just it festered there for a long time. 
right? Yeah. And this is obviously coming off the George Floyd situation, which, you know, we don't have to you know rehash that. Obviously, you know, just, just terrible situation, criminal situation. And, you know, it also did get us on uh, a discussion that we should have been having all along and, and, and maybe uh, um, even obviously well before George Floyd is systemic racism, especially in the police force, right? Which clearly is there um, the, you know, to varying degrees, depending on the, the city, the force, the size of it and the diversity of it and so forth. Police reform, we've all agreed. There needs to be police reform. But this message of defund the police and demoralizing our police forces and making it an undesirable profession for many is now impacting us in these cities. On top of that, because you know, with that came um, bail reform, where you know, horrible. You I know, know. I know. Well, I mean, you know. I personally, listen, the, the premise is solid. Bail and high bails, in particular disproportionately impact black males or poorer defendants than white defendants, certainly, and certainly those of more affluence. So to say there, there, there's nothing that should have been done on bail reform, I think would be also not right. However, it was taken too far. So there's a pattern here of we need to talk about reform. We need to, 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 to you know, uh, talk about mental health advocates in a conjunction of police and how do they get involved on domestics and, and other things. And how do we retrain police? How do we, you know, all these things, but they, they, they go too far. Like the, the fund the police message went too far. The, um, the bail reform in, in many cities and states has gone way too far. Prosecutors, very, very progressive prosecutors in main major cities like New York, Philadelphia, and LA. Los Angeles, yeah. Have added to this, right? Trying to be so victim focused right. or fair. It's gone too far, and you're impacting those who live in those communities the most, right? So, and then, you know, not wanting to prosecute people for lower offenses. Well, cumulative broken window theory, yada, yada, yada. And, you know, now you have 15 year olds carjacking people, killing people and not being tried as adults. So, you know, I guess my message is, and I, I treated this morning, mayors, governors, prosecutors, police, city officials, they got to figure this out, right? The randomness, the amount of violence in these cities, DC, Philly, New York, LA, it's out of control, okay? These are Democratic-led cities. That's, that's a fact. Um, it's unsafe. We did a poll the other day on Fox 5. 93% of the polls of the people polled or people who responded to the poll said DC is an unsafe place. Totally. And they, and they avoid it if they can. So it's not only debilitating for those who live there from a violent standpoint, tragic to those who are involved in the, you know, 
sure. violent crimes and even nonviolent crimes can be, you know, certainly debilitating to, to that individual or those individuals, but it's also the debilitating to the state and the city and for businesses and communities. And, and so it, I, I don't have the answer. I just gave you some of the, the reasons I think it, we got to this point and COVID and, you know, all these other things have contributed over, over the last several years, but it's out of control. I mean, I follow Philadelphia, as I told you, I work there, I have friends there. Um, I follow a few reporters in particular and um, Philadelphia is just downright scary right now. Scary. I mean, yeah, I look this even, you know, chief, the FBI chief feels the same way. He he basically says it's just it's crazy. And law enforcement officers are being killed at a rate of almost one every five days across the country. That's unreal. And listen, I've said this before, you know, you know, all these mayors now, oh, we're going to refund. We're going to buy it and we're going to fund. We're going to hire 200 more cops. Where? Where? (laughs) Where? Where, Where are, are you they gonna coming get from? You're already down 150. So now you need 350. And who would Where want you- the job? I mean, who would want that? You know, it's it's incredibly violent right now. I mean, you're seeing that from FBI reports. You know, um, it's dangerous for themselves. Uh, it's you know, obviously more and more criminals on the street. Like the FBI chief was saying, the pandemic didn't help. A lot of people got released from jail. He says a lot of people that are very dangerous criminals that should not be on the street are on the street. For various yeah. reasons you talked yeah, about. Yeah, yeah I mean, whether it's bail, whether it's lack of prosecution, whether it's, you know, you know. Illegal liberal, guns are a huge issue. judges, not getting illegal guns off the street, resources. But it's I like, mean, how do you do that? These aren't easy. So by no means, it's a serious issue and there's no easy solution. I really want um, a police expert on because it's, don't you think, I mean, yeah, to get I, illegal guns. We have guns... several who we could bring on, I think. I think you need to hear... We, we need to hear from, you know, people who are both think, sides of this. Uh, look, I think the reality is if you're going to crack down on crime, I mean, you know, you're going to get sometimes you're going to get it wrong. You know, I mean, I think some of the reasons that this worked right was police could and I'm not saying that they should bring this back, but I'm saying, you know, police could pull you over basically for any, you know, anything. Um, you're talking about stop and frisk, right? Like stop and frisk, like all those. I mean the what you find is that that did produce a lot of like illegal guns and stuff yeah and it also produced a lot of negative so and again i I think you know if if my the takeaway for me here is there's got to be nuanced policy right right that's a good way to say it yeah versus radical policy right and i think the cities that are experiencing the most crime increases right now have resu- resulted or, or or went with radical mm. policies. Now, I will say this. In D.C., the mayor, I don't think, ever went radical. Um, but I also don't think she comes across as that she's taken this real serious. I was going to say, she do you think she's particularly it. tough on crime? Uh- I don't think so. I think she's tries to meander around it. Right, right. I do too. Uh, she, you know, listen, she came out initially and supported Newsom when he was the chief. And I think Conti is very good and very, very competent. I, I, I think, you know, he gets it. In his press conferences, he speaks truth, I believe. He's 
I think very transparent. Um, I think his hands are tied a little bit by the fact that, you know, DC doesn't prosecute their own cases. It's left to the U S courts, which is kind of a, you know, obviously, you know, interesting thing about DC. Um, but having said that, she just doesn't, she doesn't come across that. Damn, I got to fix this. This is, this is crazy. This is insane. Like enough of this crap. Like I don't hear that from her ever, ever. And I get, she's a soft spoken. She doesn't come across that way in press conference. But again, I think sometimes you got to be she's trying to like walk the fine line. You know, she's in a election year. Um, but you know, listen, you got to you got to address this. You have to. I, I'm going to be so curious with these elections coming up across so many big cities. Like what happens? Because um, I don't know. I feel like you got to. Well, DC is never going to go ever going to go Republican. So the question is, what what degree of Democrat do you have? A moderate? Yeah. Yeah. Right. You know, a 20 percent left of center a 40% left of center, a 50% left of center, you know, and then I think people have to evaluate. Uh, one of the one of the arguments going on right now in Montgomery County, the county I live in is, um, and Maryland in general, it's a closed primary state and county. So what it means is independence, if you're a registered independent, and certainly if you're a registered Republican, you cannot vote in the Democratic primaries. Well, four years ago for the county executive, right? I believe this is the number, only 15% of registered voters in the, in the county chose who the county executive was. Because if you win the Democratic primary, you win the general election. DC, Philly, for the most part, New York, certainly, you know, Montgomery County. Right. Republicans not going to win Montgomery County. So, you know, these primaries, no one votes. Only Democratic people can vote. And then they come out as if they have a mandate from the county when 60 percent of the people can't even vote in the primary between independents and Republicans or whatever the number is, 40, 50. It's a huge number. Why are they afraid that? Okay, you're a registered Republican, maybe you don't. But if you're an independent, and a lot of people are independents now, and that the same people talk about that every vote matters, got to have you know a, a vote a vote uh, mail-in votes, got to have boxes on every corner. Every vote matters, except in the primaries. Why? Why? Good point. If you truly, if you truly believe every vote matters. And you don't shouldn't have to do IDs and, you know, no signatures on mail and ballots and a ballot box on every corner and people can pick up and canvas for your 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 election. ballot. then why not in the primary? And oh, by the way, in Montgomery County, if you're a bona fide candidate for county exec or for uh, the city or the county council, you get taxpayer money. And I believe it's three hundred fifty thousand dollars for county exec. So my money, my taxpayer money is going given to a county exec candidate to, to, to run his or her campaign. And I can't vote in the primary. Yes, what is that? So stop with the hypocrisy. If you truly believe every vote matters 
and you believe that taxpayer funded campaigns are a thing, then everyone should be able to vote in your primary. And I know they're worried they're afraid that they're they're lose, right? Well, they'll lose or they're afraid they'll vote for, you know, a Republican would vote for the worst candidate to then hopefully have a chance. But at least in independence, if you're a registered independent, listen, it's simple to change your registration. But many people aren't going to take the time to do it. So yeah. if, you're, if you're a registered independent, you should be able to vote in the Democratic primary and or the Republican primary. So, you know. Don't, don't tell me every vote matters. And then yet in the primaries in these cities, which are really the general election for the most part, that only, you know, such a small percentage of the county or state actually votes. People don't vote in primaries for the most part. Yeah, right. right. Anyway, that's that's my rant. There's your that. rant. Um, well, where else do you want to go? You want to talk about sports? You also want to talk about the, you know, the gunman Raymond Spencer. Of course, that happened not far from. Crazy on last Friday. Yeah. Um, I was wondering yeah, if there's I mean, been new developments as to a motive. You know, the motive is what not they're... Not really. So quick summary, Friday around 3.17, a gentleman, uh, shouldn't even call him a gentleman, uh, uh, criminal, whatever you want to call him. A whack job, uh, really. Whack job. I don't know. Uh, if, you, if you can't unstable, say it, I'll say it. Whatever you want to yeah, call him. I mean, completely... Uh, was in an apartment building right across from the uh, Burke School. Uh, which is a private school in, in DC off of Van Ness in Connecticut and, um, you know, open fire, uh, about a hundred, 150 to 200 rounds at and around the school shot four individuals. Thank goodness. No one fatally. And, uh, I believe they're all out of uh, serious condition. I believe they're all out of hospital now. I'm not a hundred percent sure that. General, a guy by the name of Raymond Spencer uh, actually streamed it to, I believe, 4chain is the app. So he was actually streaming the shooting. And um, obviously, it, it, the massive response, ATF, FBI, D.C. Metro Police, uh, Secret Service, because, you know, the Berg School, private school, there's a lot of people involved, you know, who, you know, potential who, who, you know, diplomat kids or others who go to that school. Um, they were in lockdown for five, six hours. Um, it's just crazy, crazy situation. He ended up killing himself um, in a bathroom. And um, so still investigating, don't know where the motive was or yeah. what the motive is, you know, whatever. But um, yeah, certainly not a good situation. Horrible. Yeah, just but terrible. He was, I think 20 years old or yeah, very young, very young, 2021. Uh, no, um, yeah. I know. So distru- so disturbing. Well, la- last thing I you know, want to touch on, and then we can maybe switch to some social media stuff or, you know, pop culture stuff. There's studies after studies that have been coming out about how teen- teenagers, for the most part, and young adults are are depressed or struggling with life, other issues, uh, whether it's school. And um, certainly the pandemic has contributed mightily. The lockdowns, the closures, the lack of activities. Um, the fear, don't you think too? The Just fear, the fear. The fear of- and this goes to all the studies coming out about learning now. You're seeing some of the lowest drop-offs and standardized testing 
that historically have ever occurred, right? And, you know, frankly, I've said this before, mostly in democratic states and counties and cities where they were, kids were out of school, uh, in-person school, I should say, for upwards of 18 months, where some states, kids were back after three or four months or two months. And there was various rankings and, by the way, published in Washington Post and other places about how our area, D.C. in particular, had only 5.8% in-person learning in the 2021 school year. Oh, wow. Lowest in the country. Wow. What was the mayor thinking? What was the city council thinking? What was D.C. public schools thinking? That they thought it was okay that kids could learn virtually. 95% of the school year. And then it goes up from there. But Maryland was also one of the worst. Virginia, that was obviously under Ralph Northrum. Maryland, even though Republican governor, the presumption is that was driven mostly by Baltimore, Howard, Prince George's, and Montgomery County, all county executives who are Democrat. And I only point that out is because, you know, these red states took all the criticism at the start. Yeah, they did. Oh, they're going to kill all these kids. They're, they're, you know, they don't care. Turned out they were right. Kids, low, low, low risk. CDC actually came out yesterday and said 75% of all children have had the virus. So that even adds to more credibility that, or, or more validation, I should say, that this disease, thank goodness, was extremely low risk for children, right? Very, yeah. New York, New York still has two to four-year-olds masked. Crazy, crazy. It is so right? crazy, yeah. So back, back to the original premise about, you know, whether it's mental illness, depression, all that. It's very, very sad. So yesterday we reported uh, that uh, a, a woman by the name of Lauren Bennett, um, athlete at JMU, yes, passed Gary. suddenly. We don't know at this point if it was suicide or not, but, you know, unfortunately, you know, tragic and also indications are potentially, you know, most likely I should say it, it was unfortunately suicide. You had... Um, the goalkeeper at Stanford about a month back, Katie Meyer. Yes. Who, you know, all American goalkeeper at Stanford won the national championship several years ago, you know, tragically took her own life. Sarah Schultz, Wisconsin softball player, right? 20 years old, 21 years old, whatever she was again. And I'm not connecting them because I don't know. Sure. Nor is it my place you know, each person goes through individual struggles and for varying degrees. And there's, there may be zero correlation, but with three prominent, very athletic, seemingly successful, Uh, very, very successful. I mean, girls, women in college take their own life. We, as a society, I think, we have to stand up and say, what's going on here? Don't we? Don't we? Yeah. Well, it's, I mean, 
I don't know. You know, it's it's a lot of things, but it does seem like college athletes, if you talk to a college athlete, I mean, the, the amount of pressure and work that they have to do at a young age. And I mean, you know, to even get to the level of a college athlete, especially a division one, I, I mean, you've been working at that since you were probably eight years old. Now, you can't say that's the only reason. I'm sure right. there's a we lot of factors. Right, right. But um no, I mean, I think I think people are having that conversation, right? We're seeing it. The Washington Post, you, you'd shared an article about yep. opioid use is way up in teens. I mean, now, is the pandemic the only cause of this or is it a combination of, I don't know, you know, whatever, the Internet, so I, pressure? Yeah, I, don't know. You know, I mean, you don't know. I, think there, I think there's more there's study has societal to be. pressures. There's certainly schooling pressures, athletic pressures, personal pressures we're unaware of. Um, I just think too social fear. media pressures. Yeah, yeah. You know, and listen, I think you throw all these things in a pot, and you know, unfortunately, yeah. You know, I, I there was a there was a there was a line in the in the story, or I think it was a quote from I think it was a family member, maybe maybe their parents or a parent of Lauren Bennett from JMU, and it said, "In a moment of in a moment of." something i can't remember the it didn't say weakness because they would i don't think they would ever use that word in okay. a moment of lapse or just lapse you know. yeah something like that she took her own life wow and you know my limited 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 knowledge on this subject sure. is you do doctors and psychologists and psychiatrists will tell you that you know people who do take their life if it's like it is a moment and that if like a car horn went off or somebody, their phone rang or they got a text, right? You know, God forbid, before they were to do it or heard a loud, loud sound, it might knock them out of it and they may right. never do it again, right? And there's been studies about that. So it's I think interesting. that's, my sense is that's what they were referring to. But I, again, I don't, I don't know. And I would never... I cannot even imagine putting myself in the parents' position. Uh, just, just, just so tragic. And but the bigger picture is, we got to get a handle on this and to poo-poo it as, you know, you know, some oh, you know, mamby pamby kids. To, now, do I do I think kids are less? I don't want to say tough. It's that's a terrible word, but. I do think the coddling and some of this stuff has led to certain kids being less, you know, resilient, if mm -hmm. that's the word. Mm -hmm. But I do think there's a serious societal mental pressure, depression, mental illness crisis going on in this country. And this is what I've been saying for a year, year and a half, Sarah, and you've said it too. This is what happens when the public health leaders in this country, the CDC, and then down to state and county and city public health officials have a singular focus. Yes, we had a pandemic. Yes, it was dangerous. Yes, it killed a lot of people. But so were other things going on. And this is what happens when you just focus on that and one size fits all policies. If, in my opinion, these leaders and these and the CDC in particular really zeroed in on the most at risk, the 50, 60, 70 plus, right? 
and then really focused on keeping kids out of school for 18 months, shutting down their, their sports for almost a year in many areas. Um, you know, I mean, there's cities in New Jersey who are still not back to full in-person sports. What? Like, what? I'm in and, agreement. And, I... and, and so it's it's infuriating to me. And it's I think they all should be voted out, all of them, whether they're Republican, Democrats. If you kept kids out of school for 18 months, you should not be elected again. School board, county exec, city council, governor, whoever you are, you should be out 100 percent. Bye bye. Because it was a dereliction of responsibility. It was politically motivated, potentially appeasing unions. It was unfair to those kids and parents. So that's my rant again today. I know. I think a lot of people are in agreement with you. And I think we're still, you know, we're going to begin to see even more of the science and the repercussions of these closures for, you know, so many for young years, people. For years. That, to your point, are the least affected. Listen, the our least school affected. systems in these cities already stink for the most part. They already struggle. They're behind other areas, other countries. And now you throw this on top of it and then two to four year olds. And again, people, oh, you're still talking about mass. When kids are trying to enunciate, learn, learn from emotion and facial expressions. Stop. The fa- if Eric Adams, mayor of New York City and the health guy, I can't remember his name. They should be out. Kids, the fact that they saw two to four year olds in mass in New York City is honestly it's you it's very almost, strange it is so strange it's very given, very strange given it's that almost, the it's rest almost of the... like i don't want to use the word abusive because people come at but it, it's it's close to that it's what is the motivation behind that are you kidding me i know i mean i'm in agreement and you know i think you and i've said many times on this show wear a mask. I mean, you know, and, and for teachers that were teaching. It's and- not even about the mask. It's about the thought process of these, these, like, what are you thinking? Like, it's just mind boggling. You got well, all they these were issues influenced, going. Don't you think they're influenced by the who, the CDC? I mean, you know, I think we've both said like, give everybody a pass year one, but then after that, and we kind of got beyond listen, that. I mean, I it's sort am, of. I honestly don't know if I'll listen to the CDC ever again. I may have to because I run a business. And if we have to follow CDC guidelines, yes, I have to do that. But in terms of personal decisions, I think the CDC has epically, epically failed. Epically. Well, a lot of people agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of people agree with that. And continue to fail. Continue to fail. So anyway. Okay. All right. All right, Patrick. Oh, any I mean, well, we only have like a few minutes left. Any any Ugh, other, White House course White House correspondence dinner this weekend. Are you going? Uh, tra- I uh no, I am not. I okay. was invited. I am not going. What? That's a great party. Well, it uh, used to be. I don't know if it is anymore. You know, it used to be when, know, when yeah. DC was tra- a fun town. Listen, was- I think Trevor Noah will do a good job. I think, you know, so Pete Davidson and uh Kim are supposed to be there. Kim K. Okay. Uh, and and several others uh yeah we'll see uh they call it the nerd the nerd uh oh, banquet nerd, or nerd prom party. or something nerd I don't know. prom yeah yeah, yeah. yeah uh so that's this weekend okay uh, 
So DC will be, you know. And maybe, I don't know when the trial is going to wrap up, but of course the Johnny Depp, Amber Heard Johnny trial Jeff, has Amber been Heard, huge in Virginia. Both of them are just... A complete, a complete mess, don't you think? Complete, I mean, both. complete, complete mess. And I think people have recognized, like, women can be crazy too. I mean, you know, it's like... And who knows, maybe he'll be, maybe he won't win this case. But I mean, I think it's, they both are so troubled. It's like, yeah, hello. Both men and women can be toxic. Yeah. Kamala Kamala Harris is uh, COVID positive. Asymptomatic. Yeah, I know, which, Uh, which, hey, vaccines work. uh, So so that's the other thing. Vaccines work. Asymptomatic testing. Like, why is it the CDC said don't test? Like, there's just so many things that they seem to be behind on, you know, and just, I don't know, whatever. But okay. anyway, Patrick, Sarah, where tell your mother, you? tell your mom, again, best wishes. I will. To a, to a quick recovery. Thank you. Uh, have safe travels back to LA. Thank you. And, um, and we'll, we'll be back at, we're a few weeks away from 200. We gotta, we gotta line up some guests. Sarah. Okay, let's line up some guests. Yeah, yeah. Think about who you want on because uh, our guests are always really fascinating. They are, they are. All, All right, right, Patrick. I will uh, talk to you later, Sarah. See you later. Bye.